Sports, the full-time whistle. Yes, hello and welcome to the Sport Report's full-time whistle where we call time on the day and give you a wrap-up on what's happening in the world of sport. I'm Michael Caruana and to all my fellow Canberrans, welcome to the start of the working week. Well, congrats on finishing the first day of the working week. It is Tuesday afternoon. And to everyone else, I guess happy Tuesday. Sorry to <laughs> rub it in to any other Aussie out there who didn't get Monday off, but who doesn't love a four-day working week? Oh! I'm, I'm awaiting for the day that this radio station introduces a four-day working week. Sadly, for our long weekend, there wasn't really any sport to indulge in, but there are still heaps of stories to go through. We've got a wrap-up on the Newcastle 500 and how Canberra racer Cam Hill went. The most incredible finish to a test match ever has happened. Plus, the AFL is being taken to court. All that and more on today's edition of the Full Time Whistle. On last Friday's edition, we spoke about the possible lawsuit that could change the AFL forever. Well, there has been an update, and it's a big one. Former Geelong star Max Rook will be lead plaintiff in a massive lawsuit against the AFL in relation to concussions. Up to 60 former players will join Rook against the AFL, all who suffered serious damages as a result of concussions sustained during their careers. The law firm representing the players stated they are suing the AFL due to permanent life-altering injuries due to the negligence of the league. This all came a couple of hours after the AFL agreed to spend $25 million on a long-term study into the effects of concussions. Coincidence? I don't really know. The current protocol for players is a 12-day waiting period after getting concussed, with heaps of rigorous tests every day to make sure they are back on track. But the problem that has arisen is the consistency of these tests. There are rumours that doctors are hiding results from players and rushing them back to games when they're not ready, and this is not doing the AFL any favours. It does seem a little bit sus that the AFL released this statement hours before this lawsuit came to light. A recent independent review of the AFL's handling of the concussion issue did find the league's previous research was, quote, underfunded and under-resourced and suffered from a lack of governance, stewardship and coordination. And if they've come out with this funding to kind of sweep the lawsuit under the rug, then the AFL could be in for a long battle in the courtroom. But on the other hand, it's good to see them donating a huge chunk of money towards research. A lot of previous players have passed away due to head-related injuries and it would be good to finally figure out the effects that a concussion could have on a former player and current player. Again, it does feel like a weird coincidence. If any more news comes to light, we'll be sure to update you. And to be honest, I think we will. This saga could go on for a while and it could go in any direction. A lot of people think test cricket is boring and for most days, I can understand non-cricket fans' frustration around the format. But we have just seen the most incredible finish to a test match in the history of cricket. Yeah. Oh! I reckon that New Zealand have beaten Sri Lanka by the slimmest of margins in a final over that will be one for the ages. Okay, I'm going to set the scene for you. New Zealand need eight of the last over and had batsman and captain Kane Williamson on strike. Off the first ball, he hits a single, which means bowler Matt Henry is now on strike. Bit nervy. The next ball comes in and Henry smacks it away for a single and gets the captain back to the crease. Happy days for New Zealand. The third ball, Williamson wants two. He smacks it, he's running, he forces it. However, he doesn't get it, and he runs Henry out. Oh, dear. Next batter in, it's bowler Neil Wagner. New Zealand needs five runs now off three balls. It's looking pretty dire. Just when all hope is starting to go, Williamson smashes the ball to the boundary line for a four. They're on here. One of two is needed. The next ball, it's a dot. <gasps> it's down to the final ball. And you know what? 
I'm going to let the commentators take over. And they're running through. Yeah. Oh! oh! I reckon <laughs> that... you what? I reckon that's that... That's our record. <laughs> that's been two run-outs in a row here. The last two dismissals have been a run-out. Williams in with the dive. Two bounces in the over. Here we go. Oh! Here we go. I reckon he's home. Yeah. He's in. New Zealand win. Yeah. That's a very good win. Kane Williamson. Take a bow. 121, not out, and a game-winning run off the final ball of the over. Wow. season has officially started with the Newcastle 500 all done and dusted. With controversies, crazy results and a Canberran in the mix, what were the final results? Well, sports journalist Anthony Lusum has you sorted. Well, the pit lane is a hype of activity as all the teams begin the pack-up process following on from the opening round of the Supercars Championship here in sunny Newcastle. Race 1 on Saturday saw the Triple Eight race engineering team finish with a 1-2 on the podium. However, news broke on Sunday morning that they would be disqualified due to a technical rule breach in where they were allowed to mount a secondary cooling system in the car. Triple Eight have put in an appeal process so the results aren't exactly finalised as yet although Cameron Waters is now the provisional race winner. Race 2 on Saturday then saw Shane Van Gisbergen drive the wheels off car 97 to take a vengeance and race victory over Chaz Mostert and David Reynolds before then refusing to answer questions in the press conference. All our talking was done on the track today. Thank you. There was a uh, little... No, mate, it's a press conference. We're going to ask you questions. There was obviously that battle at turn nine between yourself and Chaz. Uh, can you talk us yeah. through it just from your point of view? All the talking was done on track today. Mate, Thank come you. on. Are you serious? Yes. For Canberra's Cam Hill, the rookie finished the weekend with Matt Stone Racing with two clean races with race one finish of 20th before dropping back to P22 on Sunday. Unfortunately, it was a couple of mistakes late in both races that dropped him out of the top 15 for his championship debut. There's lots of positives to take away. We've got the first one out of the way and, and we've also got a straight car and we know the pace is good. I think I was actually you know seven fastest for the race. On this morning's Sport Report headlines, journalist Lewis Haskew reported this. In the NRL, Latrell Mitchell has opened up about the racial abuse he copped in his side's loss to the Panthers last Thursday. The South's fullback telling News Corp racial abuse is not accepted in society. It's something he's had to deal with on and off the field and that no one should have to deal with it in 2023. In what was an incredible weekend of footy, this one incident has taken centre stage. And it's disgusting. The New South Wales Police and NRL Integrity Unit are investigating the incident with the reports the teenage boy said filthy dog rather than the slur being racial. Regardless of if it was, it's sickening. No one should ever have to deal with verbal or racial abuse on or off the field. And I think Rabbitohs coach Jason Dimitriou said it best. If you're in a crowd at a sporting event, heck, anywhere, and you hear a racist comment... Call it out. Don't let it slide and believe someone else is going to deal with it. The way we can stamp this out is by calling it out immediately when we hear it. Let's work together to get rid of racism once and for all. If you want to learn more about how to help stop racism, head to the Racism It Stops With Me website at itstopswithme.humanrights.gov.au. And lastly, an Aussie guy has broken the Guinness World Record for most pull-ups in 24 hours when he wasn't even meaning to. Fitness fanatic Jackson Italiano did 8,008 pull-ups in 24 hours, crushing the previous record of 7,715. This guy 
He did over 290 more than the previous record and he didn't even aim to do it. The motivation behind this incredible feat was to help raise money for Dementia Australia, a charity close to Jackson's heart after working in care homes. He wanted to raise $1 for every pull-up he did and finish the day with a mammoth $8,782. Oh, wow. Despite this all being completed back in November, the Guinness World Record books only just granted him the record. And not just that one, Jackson also broke the record for most pull-ups in 12 hours with 5,900. Even after that, get this, he decided to stop three and a half hours early. He had completely exhausted himself, which makes a whole lot of sense. But if he didn't stop, imagine how many he could have gotten. Taking to Instagram, Jackson said, the mental strain you put yourself through, so many times I was close to quitting. But he kept going and raised a whole lot of money for a wonderful cause. Well done, Jackson. Well done. Does make me feel a little bit shittier about the amount of pull-ups I can do, but everyone has their own strengths. (laughs) And that's your day of sport wrapped. Right here on the Sport Report's full-time whistle, I'm going to go see how many pull-ups I can actually do. I think it's going to be a whopping 10. (laughs) If that, no promises. I'll be back tomorrow, Arvo. I'll see you then. Drive home with Mix 106.3's Rod and Gabby. I'm not going to lie. When I've walked into a pretty warm studio wearing a large winter jacket designed for sitting out at Geo Stadium in the depths of winter and raised a little bit of an eyebrow, but no one was too fast, it really tells me that you think I'm quite a weirdo. You're not a weirdo, by the way. You're eccentric. (laughs) (laughs) Canberra Raps with Rod and Gabby. Weekdays from 3pm on Mix 106.3. Or streaming now on the free iHeartRadio app.